0: This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 395, recorded on March 21st, 2019. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way. To get news reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy.TV Studios here in Bellevue, Nebraska. Dave McCabe, did you think back when we first started Home Server Show that we'd be doing this for nine years? Did you? you uh, ever- I, li-
1: I listened to you introduce the uh, the video segment. I was like, I remember saying that you know five six years ago. This is a long form podcast. <laughs> we are not going to answer your questions anytime quick.
0: Yeah. No, I just, I was just thinking about all the podcasts that you and I have done together. Uh, Mike Weger, you've been on now. How many, well, when do you think you started home service?
2: We did four years, right?
0: Okay. So 215. 200. Two hundred shows. I Dave, I did. We How many home service shows did we do together? What What did we that did end up? Over
1: at? 300. I did over 300 total. So, I yeah. mean, I started 2008... Uh, April. So I'm coming up 11 years. Yeah. 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 No, it was,
0: it was, we're, we're coming up on 400. I think of that with, we're, we'll get Christian to come back on. I'm going to try and get Zadler to come back on and join us for 400. Right. You know, they've all been longtime guests. Um, but I just think about all the time we were in pre-show just a second ago, we were talking, this is typically MVP week. And for six years, you and I roomed together at at mvp summit and this year both kind of together decided oh it's time to give somebody else a spot to to join the mvp team and so rich hay is out there he'll be here in a couple weeks supporting him but dave kind of miss mvp summit
1: i do i mean i would be i'd be lying if i told you i didn't because i mean dude you're at microsoft on their campus i mean you and i we would ditch classes and and walk around right just to get some exercise stretch our legs and just take up the Seattle scenery and uh it was Mm -hmm. it was a great time it's just I just felt like I have moved on so much from my just all in Microsoft days and I thought I'm just taking up space and you and I talked about it but we kind of we never made decisions together that was what was weird we talked about it and we went our separate ways right we're back into our lives and then we came back another two months later and I, I came out and said, Hey, Jim, I retired. He goes, wait a minute. I retired. It's <laughs> like, okay,
0: we both yeah, retired. Yeah. No, I think we both saw the writing on the wall and what was going on there. And it's great. It's perfect. I mean, there's still some great things going on at Microsoft. We still continue to cover them and talk about all those things, Windows related, but it was a good time. Well, Dave, good to have you uh, have you back on. Or remind folks, if you want to get the show notes, there won't be a ton tonight. We're going to Spend some time talking about some great stuff. But if you want to get the show notes to this show or anyone past ones, head out to TheAverageGuy.tv. Don't forget, if you want to download the mobile app, we want to thank our Patreon subscribers for kind of supporting that for us. Available Android, iPhone, great way to listen to, subscribe and stream the app anywhere you're at. If you're traveling, the best way to listen to Home Gadget Geeks. Go to HomeGadgetGeeks.com. Android and iPhone links are there for you. Great way to do it. Don't forget, join our Discord group. I reluctantly came to Discord. It's been a pretty good experience so far. Mike... uh... We're getting some 40, maybe 40, 45. What do you think? I've been having some great
2: conversations over there. I think we we started some different channels to kind of direct the conversation so you can follow the conversations you want. Ignore the rest. I've had some great conversations with people around Unraid and Unify. So it's been a great resource for me. I think we've been having a lot of fun over there. I've learned some things, which I'll bring up in my story later on my uh, Unify implementation. But yeah, it's been a fun community. So if you're looking for kind of that... Place you can kind of check in. You don't have to be there all the time, but you know, throw
0: something out there and have a awesome tech group to chat about it with. Uh, it's a good place to do it. Good, jump in right now. TheAverageGuy.tv TV slash Discord will get you there, take you there. Just uh, jump in if you haven't created a Discord account. You can do that. We have a pretty well moderated group, and so sometimes those Discord uh, groups can get kind of gangly, so to speak. And we're gonna prevent that. So if you're looking for one of those experiences like you get at home server show forms now the Reset forms. If you haven't joined over there, really a great group if you want to do it that way. We kind of focus on Cyber Frontiers and Home Gadget Geeks, and we've been talking a lot about Unraid. Um, we're going to catch up with Dave here in just a second on what's going on over at Reset. But if you want to join us over there, theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. Big thanks to John Pisano, I think I'm pronouncing that right, from last week from Unraid, jumping in here. John did a great job, Mike. That was listen if you're listening to this show and you haven't listened to the Unraid show I, I can't think this week I heard more things from guys saying I'm building an Unraid server. Mike did you did you get that feeling? I got that feeling too and I think even
2: the guys who have Unraid servers we were all like okay what what, what upgrades can we make right? We were all excited, we we're all revved up about it. Fun to see other people giving it a shot though and I'm excited because Honestly, it's one of those systems that before I built it, I was the same way. It's like, oh, I've heard of it. But when you build it, it just works really well. I know Gavin, uh, one of our listeners, has been in the Discord. He's been talking about his build lately. So he just did a major switchover. And he said he's been loving it so far. Been working really good. And he's been having some questions. And I am Spartacus out there in the Discord has been helping him out with uh, certain things. It's been fantastic.
0: Oh, super good. Yeah, it's, that's what it, that's kind of designed for. So want to thank John for jumping in. We will definitely try and get those guys from Unraid back just as often as we can. We threw the pitch out to say, hey, got updates coming in, jump in. I'd love to hear about what's going on. Obviously, from the feedback that I got from uh, the community on this, Neil had sent me a note. Uh, Neil, longtime listener, sends me a note when he likes the show. He said, really enjoyed the show. I'm going to look at Unraid. Very interesting. I bet you need at least two SSDs in there to have a good, reliable cache. Um, so thanks for that feedback. I appreciate you guys letting us know. Great show if you haven't listened to it yet. Back, uh, Go back. 394 is that number. And uh, we, we thank John uh, for coming on. Big thanks to Tony Rayner as well. Tony kind of set that whole thing up. And Tony, I know we thanked you a bunch of times. But if you have a guest that you'd like to have on Home Gadget Geeks, and you can help me broker that, I won't take them all, but if you can, if you, if you've got that kind of guest, let me know. We'll figure out how to get them on and have them kind of on the show. Well, we talked to him here just a few minutes ago, but Dave McCabe, my old friend from home server show days and Dave, I'm always surprised at how often that home server show still comes up. I mean, it is a legacy show. Tell me a little bit though. What's going on at reset you. We read two years ago, maybe to meet up, right? Has it been that long? Is it, or has it towards been three now?
1: I don't even remember. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I sprung it on you guys. Um, it was the next to last meetup. I sprung it on you guys. I would secretly put three episodes in the can with Reset. And I don't remember when I came to this, um, came to the decision, but we kept doing Home Server Show up and to the meetup. Because I always used to like to have one episode where I really talk about meetup so people traveling could have something to listen to. Because I know when I used to hear things about what I was interested in, it, you know, it would fire me up. So that's what I did. And so I took a volunteer from the audience, which was uh, Joe Miner. Had him come up, click click some software, two buttons. I had him actually, I had physically programmed two buttons. that One stopped the feed of Home Server Show, and the other one started and published the feed of Reset. And there were three episodes that went live and I don't know if people downloaded them on the way home or not, but, uh, I did, I know I listened to them that on, was, the, on the flight home. That was the way, yeah. uh, you know, it went down. There's some secret video. I may have become, uh, somewhat, uh, overwhelmed with <laughs> grief, I guess <laughs> it was an um, emotional moment. We, you know, we had, done- it was, I didn't realize it too. I was just yeah. like, Holy cow. What is this coming out of my face? <laughs> um, you know ended home server show and started reset and that kind of let me spread my wings a little bit where i didn't feel bad about talking about automation and security cameras because the home server guys just like you experienced with unraid last week and and this week following those guys want to talk nothing but drives and storage and raid and and they want to talk about that 24 7 and, uh, you know, the good guys, they, they don't, they didn't mind me doing my own thing with home server show, which, which we did quite a bit, but I felt like it was at least worth a change. And, uh, so we spawned reset.fm and we kind of renamed the home server show.com forums. Although I have not changed that URL. I keep saying that I'm going to. It's but some work. Know. It's some work to get all it that.
0: And you're afraid of SEO, like Home service show forums have been a goldmine for you in a lot of ways of SEO and traffic and things coming in. Right. I mean, as a forums owner, you put a lot of time into securing it and detrolling it and oh, keep, yeah. right, well, keeping the spam out,
1: right? You know, I did that. I, I don't know what, what my deal was, Jim, but I started HomeAutomationForums.com. I started Surface Geeks, which ran parallel. Each one of those two sites had its own forum. And then I started seeing, you know, five eight years ago, I started seeing the the writing on the wall. I had all of this stuff. I started uh, Smartware forums or something, mm-hmm. and it was it was just getting out of hand. <laughs> and so it took me a better part of a year to migrate Surface Geek forums and the Home Automation forums into Home Server Show. So I had to move the blog posts. And then I had to move the forum posts, and that uh, just kind of got swallowed by home server forums.
0: Well, one of the best communities, I think. And, you know, as long as I'm podcasting, Dave, I still kind of consider the work that we do here at Home Gadget Geeks. You know, we've probably picked up some new listeners that, have, that don't know the days of Home Server Show. Um, but I still consider the work I do kind of an outgrowth, a spin-off, so to speak, a growth maybe that's not the right word, but a growth out of <laughs> um, Cause that's like a mole. Um, a, <laughs> You're a pretty growth <laughs> uh, out of home server show. And that's kind of the, you know, for me, that's where, that's where I kind of started. If folks wanted to join uh, the reset forums now, what's the best way for them to get over there? Cause if they like this community, if they've just found us and they're in our discord group or whatever, and they, and, or on Facebook and they want to come over, cause I would say it's, really one in the same community in a lot of ways. I, I've always done a lot of things to do that. How would they, what's the best way for them to get over there and join the forums?
1: Yeah. I mean, everybody remembers homeservershow.com and that will take you straight to the forums. And uh, also if you go to resetforums.com, uh, that'll take you out there too. Now I am having a couple, I'm having a database problem on the blog side of things. So I went from three WordPress sites and two Envision Powerboard sites and I moved all of those into homeservershow.com. So it's kind of been a database, uh, just, it's, it's been a mess. And I did an upgrade just this past weekend, I did upgrades. Uh, I kind of get forced into upgrades via uh, security issues and, and bulletins and whatnot. So I still have to maintain that. And uh, it broke my, the WordPress side, which is not actually WordPress, but all the articles are still kind of formatted that way. It's a mess, but it's all out there. And the forums, the forums are still a great community. I mean, it's still very heavy storage. It's very microserver based and uh, it's very Q&A. A A lot of guys come in uh, with a question. Some get their answer and leave. You know, some get their answer and stay and uh, find a great community. But we still talk automation and networking is huge. I mean, it's
0: huge. We're going to talk a little bit about networking tonight, Dave. Uh, thanks for saying yes, and it's always great to have you on here. Yeah. And um, avid, I'm an avid reset listener, by the way. That's one of the the podcasts I don't miss. It's just great to hear you. I podcasted with you for so many years, where we were doing this together. Um, and you're a really good solo podcaster. I don't think a lot of people can pull that off. It when I first found you on Home Server Show, the first ten shows, you know, I listened. Uh, in succession uh, about, you know, whatever, 10 hours in a row on a way back from a trip from Colorado. And, uh, you're a really good solar podcaster. So if you haven't subscribed to uh, reset yet, do that head out. You can just search for reset and, uh, you can find that out anywhere podcasts are aggregated and get, get listening to that Dave. You're probably every other week. Is that, is that, consistent?
1: yeah, I've been, um, I would say I've been good at doing every other week, every other third week. I've been very bad at every other week. But I'm accepting that because that's, that's how I came into it. Uh, one of the reasons I needed to make a change is just things are happening. Yeah. And I know I've said it before, and I've always blamed you because you said one day when we started out, he said, he's like, when we were first meeting, you know, I was like, well, I got a, I got a four-year-old and a two-year-old. He goes, oh, okay, that's cool. I said, just, just wait. You're going to get busy. Trust me. You are going to get busy. So now I have a, a sixth grader and a fourth grader and wow. I mean, yeah. if we're, we're doing something every single day, if I'm not driving them somewhere, you know, we're working on papers or we're building something, you know, we've got the saws out and we're covered in sawdust to build some trebuchet for science class or, you know, it's, it's always something. Yeah. And I was just like, I can't do it. If I need to skip a Friday, I just skip a Friday,
0: right? Mike, you're a couple years behind Dave in that, right?
2: Yeah. And you called it for me, right? Like, cause when we met, I was still doing open mic night. Uh, and you said, you know, you said, okay, you don't have kids yet. Cause I was back before I had kids. You said, just wait till you have kids. And sure enough, uh, even, you know, suit and scrubs, we're like a few weeks behind right now and we're finding that we're you know trying to find our cadence there and, and things just happen when you have these, these young kids yeah. and mine are only two and one. So the only activities they do are, my activities, right? Or just go
0: into bed, but still just it 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 takes the time away from you. No. It, no right on in the decade we've been doing this or I've been doing this. Of course my kids have left. So you know we had Sarah on, I don't know, five weeks ago or something like that, four or five weeks ago. And I asked her the question, you know, how do you the guys want to know why do you let me podcast so much? And and you know her answer is basically like to get you out of my hair, to be exactly. honest. Right? So it's a different, for me, it's a different world. I can podcast all the time and uh, and my kids are gone. But yeah, for both of you guys, it's been fun to make that switch a little bit, Dave. At, at one point in time, you, we, you were pretty regular and I was a little sketchy. And then as my kids started departing, that kind of changed a little bit. And you've gotten really busy, Mike. We have you on probably three out of five, uh, you know, in this scenario. So um, life gets in the way. I think the lesson there, right, for all of us is go with what works right? It, it's just, you have these different times in your life. I think tech is the same way, right? I mean, we all love to sit around and build these servers and do this stuff, but at some point in time, you got to kind of step away from the machines yeah. and spend some time with the family, right? I mean, all that tech is great, but if you're building it for the family and you're never with them, it doesn't make much sense. Mike, you seem to have a pretty good balance there of being able to step away from that and spend time with the kids. How do you, how do you, how do you do that and then balance it with the tech?
2: You know, for me, it's a little bit easier because they're so young. They go to bed at seven, seven 15. Right. And that leaves a lot of time after that for Hannah and I to, to do what we want, whether it's, we watch a movie together, we hang out or I come down here and, and tech out for a little bit. Uh, so, so I have that time now it'll, it'll change as I get older. Um, but right now it's a pretty easy cadence of wake up, get the kids ready, take them to school, go to work, come home, eat yeah. with them, play with them for like an hour. If that, depending on when I get off work, then they're in bed. So it, it's, it's, Fairly easy at this age to balance, Balance. but like weekends, those are gone, right? Like those used to be all day. I could devote a whole Saturday to a project, a whole Sunday to a project.
0: And uh, it's just, just not a possibility at at this point, but just fine. You know, you have that balance. Dave, as your kids have gotten a little bit older, are you finding the technology needs for them are changing with that? You talk a lot about iPad time on your show. Like right now, that's a big deal in your household, right? The, the time the kids get on the iPad, are you finding that's changing or what, what kind of challenges you're you talk circle, right? You talk about trying to secure the internet for these kids. There was a time when I spent an enormous amount of time. Now I don't even think about it. They're gone. I don't care. So are you finding things are changing as the kids are getting older?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm coming up against that, um, that want and desire of uh, the older child to communicate with friends, to be social and to be on it 24 seven, you know, to and it, as a sixth grader, they just can't handle that. I've I've let that leash out, right? And every time I do, they take it and they run and they have just run off a cliff, you know, <laughs> crash and burn. <laughs> Pull them back and then learn from it, and then you know it's kind of a couple of little lessons, right? Like if I did give him a phone, you know what's going to happen? Well, you know, six gigabyte later on my Project Fi account. You know, there's, we had some chargebacks, you know, I invoiced my sixth grader the other day <laughs> because of YouTube. And so I'm just, I'm just learning. I I've learned, I need, you know, I got to set some limits. If you give them a rope, they will hang themselves. Um, the, the other thing is, is I always tell my sixth grader, I said, if, if you jump off a cliff, what's the first thing you need to do? And he's like, I don't know. Like, Pick a spot to land, you know, I said, well, when you land, what's going to happen? I said, just look up because there's a fourth grader about to land on you. And that's (laughs) your brother. Yeah. And he, anything you do, he's going to follow you right off that cliff. And so, um, iPads are huge. They've had them. He was uh, a beta class in the third grade as a third grader having an ipad 24 7 it goes home with them so you in our school district you can rent them for i think it's 85 dollars a year and you get the ipad everything's done on the ipad all the assignments come they have logins uh they there's uh, a web page that they can look at and they can literally see every teacher every assignment, every grade, all their progress, and I can get feedback on that same site. And it's just, you, you kind of give up at that point. It's like, well, maybe they should have tried Surface RT. You know, you remember those days? Why didn't that work in school? Well, schools don't want that, you know? Why don't they try Chromebooks? Well, they're on iPads, you know, they'll never have windows laptops i don't no, know if my no. kids will ever have a windows laptop in school uh, maybe when they get older and they they need you know that that personal device but right now they're all ipads and it's they get the they get their work done
0: yeah mike as you think about your oldest who's th- three four two and a half yeah two and a half okay so you're still a ways away from that but are you thinking about Screen time at this point? Jim,
2: I'm not a ways away from that. That's the scary part. So tonight, he was FaceTiming my parents. He loves to do that. He fully knows how to turn on the effects and make himself a lion on FaceTime. He knows the exact buttons to push, swipe over, click on the lion. Look, I'm a lion. I mean, and we went to... When we went to Utah or Wyoming uh, just a week ago, we let him take the iPad for the airplane ride. And I mean, that kid just knows everything. He can get out of his Plex app where he watches his, his Daniel Tiger and he can get into the actual game he wants to play. Crazy for a two and a half year old. And he asks for it all the time now, right? Already, iPad, iPad, Daniel on the iPad. Daniel, he's already asking for it at two and a half years old. So yeah, it's someone that Hannah and I already have to think like the very limited time he has it is that already too much for him, yeah. right? Like if he knows how to use it that well, maybe we're letting him use it a little bit too much. And then I'm like, well, you know, it's also going to be his future. So as long as he's engaging and playing in other ways and he's not on it all the time, you know, I don't think it's too bad to let him have a little bit of time to, to get to know these machines. Uh, the content is going to be interesting for me. You know, you talk about the filtering of the internet. So I've been <laughs> preemptively playing with Untangle. You know, I've, we talked about how I implemented Untangle as my router and i uh, been playing around with that, seeing how well it works, what kind of things it can do. So I mean, I didn't expect it to be a concern this early. That's the, that's the crazy part.
0: Yeah, no it it's, it comes up on you fast my granddaughter. Half. <laughs> my granddaughter who's 3 sent me a Snapchat from from yep. his mom's phone. Yeah. The other day video like and she didn't know what she was doing but you know she got into it was able to take video, put some things on it and then send it. She'd seen mom mom does that a lot. I get a lot of Snapchats from my daughter-in-law. And uh, of her mostly she's Yeah. she's filming her and sending those to me which has been great but um, yeah, I think we're seeing, and you're right, I mean, uh, my granddaughter can swipe through, and I think if you're listening to this and you're my age and you've got grandchildren or children at this point, you know these kids at 2, 3, and 4 can operate that phone pretty quickly. Dave, you've been through some filtering options, and I know I've been listening to On Reset talk about Disney Circle and some other things. Right now, if you were to recommend to a dad or a mom a Security device to put it on. I'm a big Bit Defender box guy, but I don't have kids trying to hack my network anymore. So I actually don't know how well it really works because nobody's trying to do that here. You've got that, Dave. You're in the prime. Mike's kids aren't to that point where they're actively trying to find that stuff. Your sixth grader is, whether you know it or not. Right? He's out there trying to find stuff. What have you found works for for a parent? What would you say works best right now, at least in your experience?
1: Well, I mean. Every parent is going to be different. There's going to be those parents that that absolutely do not want any type of monitoring device whatsoever, and man, I'm just like, that's fine. Everybody's different, right? But then, you know, there's there's the other side. There's brand new cell phone going to a kid, right? Uh, you you want to be able to do Find My iPhone. You want to be able to check how much data they're using. You know, whether you do that via your plan. Find my iPhone, or you get some kind of app that does that for you. And there's a, there's a handful of apps that do that. There's a great post. I'll go find it out there on the on the Reset forums, and uh, where I was comparing three or four of these, and just I do that a lot. I'll throw out a question: Hey, what do you guys think about these? And uh, the parental control apps, I've used a few, and you've mentioned Circle several times, and that has been a great little device. For my network, um, it's actually an ARP poisoning device. So there's, there's several different layers, you know, bridges and, and ARP poisoning. And, and it does that, but the speeds that I get on my internet account, it doesn't affect me whatsoever. And I get about, I don't know, 175 down, 12 up. So, and it runs that uh, uh, via ethernet easily. And that allows you to, turn off, you know, a couple of things, you know, you can turn off uh, Snapchat or, you know, app level type things and you can block uh, all kinds of other things and give them, it's all the bedtime, pause the internet. You know, that's the yeah. big, the key. Shut, shut
0: it down at night, right? Yeah. You, you had mentioned the last reset you'd been using Untangle, Mike, you mentioned that. And then you were like, as soon as you have to shut something off, like this is the real problem with these, right? Is if they're too simple, they're not granular enough to really lock a lot of things down. If they're too granular, Dave, you experienced a situation where things stopped working. And then the kids, of course, are putting a lot of pressure. You get this thing up and running, dad. It's Saturday morning. I need iPad time now. And you're like, Sc- screw it. I'm just going to, I'm just going right. to put every. I'm going to nuke the thing. Right. right.
1: <laughs> you turn everything off. And then the next day after school, they're on YouTube, you know, searching garbage. But, um. Untangle is a great firewall. I love that box. I mean, it is $50 a year well spent. And for many geek households, that's going to work. It's very, man, it is so detailed on what you can do with ad blocking and firewalls and malware protection and web filtering. I, you know, I filtered myself before, you know, I'm searching something and I'll get into the weeds on Reddit and it's just like, this site is blocked. I'm like, Oh crap. You know, <laughs> I don't get caught. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's great for that. But then I got into the, okay, how can I do time filtering and, you know, bedtime and a big thing here is wake up time. So they'll, they try anything and everything to get more time. Especially on the Xbox. So if they roll they roll over at six AM, you know, most people would be like, Oh, it's six AM. I woke up, but I'll be back asleep in, you know, ten seconds. But you know, not a sixth grader. They're like, Dang, it's six AM. I got a lot of gaming time before the parents (laughs) wake up. They'll get up and they'll go downstairs, but not if you have the internet turn on at 7 a.m., right? Yeah. So there's just a lot of things that you, that you fight with those. And some are better than others and untangle. It's just, there's layers. And I know Mike knows this. There's so many layers of things that you can do and you can't just say, you know, this is the profile for the kid and this is his internet time. And this is the sites he can, he can go to. It's, you have to Flag the MAC address with a username or wh- however you want to do it. There's so many different ways to do it in Untangle. And then you can say, you know, apply firewall rules. Well, if you want to turn them off at 9 p.m., you have to actually tell the firewall to block all traffic, you know, for this MAC address between this time. And then you have to do this in several places. And to undo that is time-consuming. Is It's... it's yeah, it's got I, the most options, but they just don't make it easy. Yeah, yeah, and it, and that's not the fault of Untangle. This is a wonderful small business, even a you know enterprise device uh, and software. So it's it's really not. They don't have a home product. We as the end users force them almost via the forums to say we would like to have a home key, because they used to limit this for, you know, testing in your home, what, 50 devices, right, Mike? Yeah. They, before and then, they
2: came out with that home key.
1: Yeah. Several years ago, we're all like, dude, 50 devices, you know, I've got that in my living room. Come on. You got to open this up. So they finally did. And it's $50 a year. So I've got it. It's turned off. I'm trying something different. And it's not that I don't like it. It's just, it's not serving my needs right now.
0: Well, I have this saying, options equal confusion. And a, a buddy of mine taught me that in these, some of these more complex uh, options that we get, yeah, you can get more granular form. And I think, Dave, this is what you're struggling with right now is it you, you want some control, but you don't want to have to spend a ton of time administrating it. And when something goes wrong, you want to be able to fix it quick. When the kids can't get on at 6 in the morning or 7, you want to be able to quickly go in and do that. You don't want to have to burn the thing down just to get it working, which I I heard you say, you know, basically you're like, okay, I'm just gonna take Untangle down. I
1: did. Yeah. I, did. I burn it down. I'm like, I don't know what holes I'm opening up, but shut up, get away from me. It's six AM. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> no, and and now that's look real. at <laughs> porn.
0: Like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a crazy my Mike. Uh, for you, you know, you're working on Untangle now and it works and it's two adults. And for the most part, the kids aren't pushing the system. But there's going to come a day, right, when the kids start pushing the system. And you're, you basically become a sysadmin at that point. And Dave is right. If you tell them like the internet resets at six, they will, you could say it's five, they will wake up and like be there. Now during school days, you can't get them out of bed you know, before seven or eight. But, but uh, Mike, do you do you fear that complexity at all, Mike, as you think about it? I mean, you're using that now, but as you start working, do you fear that complexity at all?
2: Uh, no, for a, for a few reasons. I, I don't think I'll be filtering too much, honestly. I think it will be a lot more time, um, time control. And honestly, I, I, I'm really on board with uh, giving them, having a, you know, with Unify, the great part about it, you just create another Wi-Fi uh, SID, right, for the kids, don't give them the password to all the other ones. And so their devices connect to this one and Then just change the password every once in a while. You know, yeah. change the password every night and then tell them what the password is and, you know, whenever they want to get back on it. And I'm sure I'll, that'll get old. But if it, I, I'm i hoping that um, by the time my kids are older, you know, it it won't be too big of an issue uh, with the time and stuff like that. And the filtering, I don't, like I said, I don't, pl- I, I plan on filtering the same stuff that I would filter for myself. I'm going to filter for my kids um, and then let's see how that goes.
1: Yeah. Ask me again though, Jim. In like four years, well, Uh, it's yeah, no, yeah. Don't set it in stone because it will change. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. It's as the kids grow older and they get different needs. And that very first time you find your kids surfing porn, and you're, it's just (laughs) it, it is unjarring. (laughs) Like you, you just go, it's it's so different. Like I, I remember that moment when I saw URLs coming through, and you're like you know, you, you're just, you you can't move fast enough. Right. And these are your kids, your children. It's not like you've never seen it before, but when, when it's, you know, it's in front of the eyes of your children, you just lose your mind. And then of course it is all of a sudden it's, it's, you know, it's Eastern Europe lockdown and (laughs) there's walls being put up and nobody's leaving the country and, and it's pretty unjarring. Right. And I think, Dave, you're a little bit farther along on this. I've gone through the whole cycle on this. Mike, you're kind of starting on this. There's always a battle to kind of keep it, filter it, limit it, kind of keep it safe, right? Mike, I think you kind of come from an approach of like, I just want to keep it safe. Dave, you, are you where your kids are at, they've got homework, they've got responsibilities, they got things they need to get done. You've got to kind of, if you don't shut it down, they'll... They'll be on it all the time. It's in in you know they'll they'll shirk those responsibilities, right? Well,
1: and it's not a and it's sometimes not a matter of okay, anytime I give my kid the iPad, he's going to you know Playboy.com. It's no, not that totally It's right. just right. they can get so far into the weeds so easily, you know? They'll be on their homework and then an idea gets them or they look something up, they watch a YouTube on it and then you know, forty minutes later, they're still on YouTube. Pen has never touched paper. Yeah, but they did what they started out to do. So you know, right. it's it's almost it just helps them evolve and keep focused and keep straight. And
0: yeah, yeah, right on. Ryan says you can do it, Mike. Use untag he uses untangle for two thousand plus students and guest devices uh, every year, and you can, you know, totally in that environment. Um, Other Jim says, give them the password when their chores are done. We had a version of that. We have this software called Enough. It didn't filter, but it did allow them to log in and had a separate login that would lock Windows down. And we could set an hour a day, not not have to monitor it. And then if they did extra chores, they could earn an extra hour. And holy cow, not every kid that I had, but some of those were definitely motivated by computer time. And I could get toilets clean. I could get floors mopped. I could get, I mean, the things I could get for computer time. Some of the other kids didn't motivate him, They didn't care. Then I had one kid that tried to hack it all the time. Like he was trying to Jones that thing just as much as he possibly could. So as a parent, you know, one size doesn't fit all in this, in this matter of security. You're going to have kids don't even care. They're fine with the time. They're fine with their surfing. They're going to be fine their whole life. It's just going to be the way it is. Then you're going to have one that's just going to run off the rails. Like, they're just going to try everything. They want to get into crazy stuff, and it will drive you crazy. I think I say all this to say is you got to stay on your toes. And I think there's no one size that fits all. There's no one product. Dave, you've been through probably... (laughs) It's since I've been listening to you and know you, I bet you've been through four or five different products to try and get it done. I mean,
1: one of the more interesting things to do is find one that you're looking at and you're about to invest in and then go over to Reddit and just start searching that device and certain other keywords. Uh, parents, let's say circle. So circ, search circle, defeat, circle, parents, circle, block circle hack anything like that and you will find a group of kids working together to get around those things whether they're trying to do vpns um you know kids chat via google docs they chat via microsoft docs they chat via other little games words with friends they use as chat not the game just as chat you know they'll do anything and everything to get around that they'll try different things until an app will break through and they'll you know they talk at school hey you know dad's not blocking words with friends chat they, me at, at 10 o'clock tomorrow night
0: right they have their own forums like they have their own <laughs> home server show forums like we're out there trying to do great stuff trying to stop them they have a secret their own kind of culture, uh, trying to defeat it. That's a little, un- and I did the same thing, Dave. I, I kind of went out to this underworld of teenagers trying to get through all the systems. And you're like, certainly they're not smart enough to defeat us with this. But you are right. They are absolutely working together. Like, oh, I tried this. I did. The same things we do when we run into a problem with Unraid. They're getting together like, hey, how do I get, my, my dad has Circle. How do I get back past this? Tony in the chat room saying he finally put the PC in the den so that he can see everything. That's kind of, we, you know, in the old days, we kind of, when we'd move a file from one PC to another, we call it sneaker net. This is a way of filtering called visible net. Like just put it in a spot where it's in public. That's
2: exactly what I was going to say. I I hope I have the same stamina my parents do for for discipline because that was our rule, right? There was no using any computer unless it was in the office. Or at the Kitchen Island, right? You could sit at the Kitchen Island. You could sit in the office. Both those places were public. You couldn't have your device anywhere else. It was just, it was that simple. Like you yeah. cannot take your devices anywhere else. It's, uh, it's not
1: that easy anymore though. Because yeah. you wait, wait till they ask for an Xbox. Right. You no, know? there's just a multitude of things that they can get in on there. And then when they have a phone or an iPad, while they're waiting for their lobby to fill up for their game, they'll be on the phone or the iPad. You know, yeah. chatting or doing something. So, And
2: that's the other piece about this too. It's like, I mean, my watch has LTE now in six, seven years. Isn't everything just going to have LTE? Like 5G is going to essentially, home networks might not even be necessary. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to block stuff. And now it really comes down to a device level app, no longer network filtering because they're not even connected to your network. They're, they're LTE or they're 5G, whatever it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's real. No, the, the deal is real. And I think you've, you've, as a parent, if you're in this space and most of us are, as I, as I look at the chat room and, and I know you guys, we've spent a lot of time together. There is, you know, either it's children or grandchildren that are coming up and I don't worry about my grandchildren as much as I did my children going in there. The kids aren't here that long. They're not spending a lot of uh, screen time when they're here. Not because we don't, we say you shouldn't, we just try to occupy them. The whole time we're here, we just try and engage. Of course, as grandparents, you have a lot more energy to do that than you did as parents. As parents are like, God, just go do something and
1: get out of my face. Right. Um, that's the thing. You don't want the Xbox in your living room where you're trying to enjoy, you know, the latest TV show. Right. You're like, y'all gonna play Fortnite and Minecraft, go downstairs. Right. So you give them the PC downstairs or or the Xbox downstairs. They inevitably take a tablet or a phone with them. So, they're like, oh crap, what did I just do? I just put them out of my sight. So.
0: Yeah. No, it's that we could spend hours talking about this and all those kinds of things that we've done. It's, it is one of those things, to be honest, in the community, Dave, you and I have been doing this together 10 years. Let's just say that for 10 years. This is a topic that comes up all the time. We started with home servers, but we've talked about VPNs. We've talked about filtering. We've talked about data backup and storage. We've talked about all these things, but it's funny. It's you guys, as your kids have been getting into that space, of course, now that filtering has become, uh, has become interesting. And so it'll be fun to work through the next 10 years with you guys as we hear what you're doing and as the kids grow. Guys, that's going to go super fast. Like, we laugh at that. But Dave, it wasn't long ago I joined you on Home Server Show Episode 40. That was my very first Home Server Show with you. That seems like just yesterday. And, and yet that was 10 years ago. So it goes, uh, it goes super fast. Jeff in the chat room just joined us. He had sent me an email question. I want to run this by both of you guys. And uh, he sent an email into us, by the way, Jim at the TV. if you want to get your emails into the show. This is a fun one because it kind of talks about a lot of home automation. Dave, you've also been talking on Reset a lot about home automation. So Jeff said he wanted to send you an email. Recently started listening to tech-related podcasts and found yours. I really enjoy it. Jeff, by the way, reset, head over to reset. Is it reset FM? Is that where they can find d- dot FM, Dave? Is that? Yes, dot FM, reset Reset FM. You should join that a lot like this one. And, and Jeff, I think you'll enjoy it. And he found this one entertaining and educational. He says, I do have a question. Uh, do you know about a device that can alert me through an app that my mailbox has been open? I have the old fashioned mail guard that Radio Shack used to sell. Um, I do have good Wi-Fi coverage out there. The mail guard alerts me only inside the home. The other alternative is a Wi-Fi device that can listen for the audio sound, um, then contact me through email. It says, keep up the great work. Mike, you've got uh, a solution possibly, and then Dave will come to you. What would you, if someone was going to do a mailbox sensor, what would you have them do now?
2: Uh so the first one that I thought of, and you know I'm not a hundred percent sure, I'm like 99% sure this will alert you when you're outside the home. Uh, but monoprice actually makes a line of these items and they don't require a hub, which is the great part. And so they're it's their stitch line. So this is the Mono Price Wi-Fi stitch door sensor. And we will uh we'll put the link in the show notes for him. I have him in the show notes now. And
0: it is I need to get Okay. While you're looking that up, uh, Andrew says in the chat room, he recommends a small dog. His barks whenever the mail carry there you go. comes go. Well, that also up. works. Low tech. Low tech. You just need dog food. That's all. So this one is $20
2: on Amazon right now. And like I said, the great part about this one is there's no hub, right? There's no like ecosystem you need to be a part of. Connects to Wi-Fi, to your house, uh, to your home. And then you have the app on your phone that then you would get the alert whenever it's open. People have used these for all sorts of stuff. Actually... I found this through Linus Tech Tips. They had a really funny video where they tried to do an entire gaming setup with all monoprice devices. I mean, the monitor, everything had to be monoprice. And they threw in one of these for a desk sensor to see when the desk was open. They also had another one with Amazon Basics. It was pretty good. Um, but yeah, th- th- I think this device would work for you.
0: Dave, uh, you've been doing a ton of home automation. Do you have your mailbox set up for uh, alerting or does it is it still old school come to the door?
1: No, you just... You just put the flag up even if you don't have mail. And then when you look outside and the flag's down, <laughs> you've got mail. Your mailman hates you. <laughs> no, I don't do that. <laughs> no, there's a couple of ways, but both of them are defeated by me- uh, metal mailboxes. Mm. You know, you can Wi-Fi and uh and Z-Wave or Zigbee, if you want to do contact sensors are all defeated by metal doorboxes and weather. Um so my biggest thing is if you have something, uh, a mailbox situated in the perfect position, you can always do a camera and motion. And if you have a motion, um, a camera where you can define motion, where it watches, and the, the pixels that change, you can you know, tighten that down just to your mailbox. And whenever there's a lot of motion in there, like pulling of the handle and down and up, you can get a notification via your cameras Mm -hmm. and not with cars driving by. Mm -hmm. It it takes a lot of work. It does take a lot of work, but I've I've never, ever done it. You'd think we
0: would have found a Wi-Fi enabled mailbox by now that was all built in, right? Somebody would have... There's there's an idea. Is there no Wi-Fi enabled mailboxes that we've seen that
1: I don't have it all? Know. That built definitely in? would have been a Radio Shack thing, right? <laughs> there's a certain crowd that might need a Wi-Fi mailbox. Um. Uh. Tony says St-
0: uh, Stacy uh, Higabotham just mentioned those. Mike, I think what you were mentioning, maybe not the greatest reviews. Uh. From from them on that sensor. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So they uh, like, and- do you
2: have a uh Samsung Things arrival sensor. Uh, I'm trying to look at and see how this works. Hmm.
0: It it would be, I, I think that could be one of those things, Dave. So I have a plastic email box, so that may be a better setup here in the Midwest. Um, I'm like I, just a few days ago, maybe a week ago, I had six feet of snow piled around my email or my, my email box, mm-hmm. my, my snail mailbox out there. And you would think, I wonder how well those sensors would hold up we're used to putting those indoors, right? Do you have, do you, Dave, do you have any idea if we took a sensor and put it in and we had some seriously cold temperatures this year, I know you guys did too, you know, negative 10 with wind chills, negative 40 in a plastic mailbox, would that cause issues? Do you know?
1: Well, they definitely have outdoor uh, rated temperatures, you know, where they, they work and not. Uh, I try everything outdoors. If, if I possibly can, I'll mount a camera under an EVE or, you know, uh, if it's a throwaway camera now not uh not a you know several hundred dollar ring camera that's that or nest that's supposed to be indoor but i tried tons of things and i've also tried um uh blink cameras outdoors and i was just thinking you could do um i still think i still think the best way would be um a contact sensor but mm-hmm. maybe if you put it on the back of your mailbox in some type of enclosure that would feel the motion because a lot of the smart thing sensors and a lot of other things other sensors have uh, motion alerts so if there's any type you've seen the mailman man they rip open the lid and they close the lid and yeah. it's it's moving mm-hmm. so maybe you could do it that way mm-hmm. just have a yeah a motion yeah. sensor put it on the back
0: protect it in some way maybe yeah. in the underneath on the back side. underneath um, yeah yeah it's gonna get uh, jostled a little bit jeff you, oh mike anything else you want to add before well we're... i think the one they
2: were talking about in chat which i just actually put the link in chat is mailbox alert by Myspool. so the my spool the receiver is actually on the outside and you put it on the post and it runs a wire through the back and it has the sensor in when the door opens so mm-hmm. uh it says it has a range of 400 feet but you can get an extended—that's for fifty dollars for one hundred and thirty. You can get the extended range, which is twelve hundred feet. So, could be a possible option. Yeah.
0: No, I think Jeff, you've got some options there to work with. We'd love to hear from you on what you choose because everybody's situation's a little bit different. If you're around our community very long, you'll pictures. know. Yeah. Yeah. We want to see what you did. No one size fits all. Everybody's got kind of a different environment. Some things work for some stuff. Some stuff doesn't work for others. Let us know. You can drop that. You can email those to me if you want. Jim at guy.tv. You can drop them in our Facebook group, TheAverageGuy.tv slash Facebook, or go to the Discord group, TheAverageGuy.tv slash Discord. Post those pictures. We'd love to see kind of what your thoughts are and kind of what you come back with. And, uh, and that's always an interesting, you know, for some, uh, Dave, I've been thinking like in the world of big packages arriving on, on doors, you know, and, uh, everybody's getting stolen. We've all gone to cameras on our porches. So I have a camera that has a very bright light on it just for, just so everybody sees the camera. Right. But I've kind of thought, I think eventually we're going to have to build in package receiving Mm. things. Nobody's going to let Amazon in their house. Like, Amazon's kind of done this thing where like, oh, hey, we'll buzz the door. It'll open. We'll set it on the inside. That's not going to work. Don't you guys think we're going to have to come up with some kind of receptacle that they punch it, they put it in, it goes in, it comes off, and it's kind of a anti-theft device? Or am I overthinking this? Mike, am I overthinking it?
2: I don't know. It's I mean, for, <laughs> if, if, you live, if you live in an area where it's an issue, sure. Yeah. uh i don't you know it could be i just think of all different sizes of packages you know there's not going to be a good solution amazon already tries this with their hey let us in give us access to your door lock and put a camera there right and that
0: went over well and
2: yeah Yeah. that did not go over well
0: so uh in your car that was another thing like hey we'll deliver it to your trunk nobody wants that um dave what do you think are are we in a day we got to have some kind of device well they're trying
1: so this past year at CES, there was a vendor that had a box, this big, huge metal box that you'd put somewhere on your porch or, you know, on the side of your house. And they had gizmos that they could open it and put your box in. But, you know, just just the other day, I had a, a, a gimbal, a DSLR gimbal uh, shipped to me. And it's, it's ginormous. It's huge. And you're not going to get it in that little box. Yeah. So my recommendation to people is... Have you have you tried Amazon Locker? It is the coolest thing ever, especially when you do returns. I order a lot of Amazon and I do have a lot of returns. If you choose the return as Amazon Locker, you just try it. You can take the return, go up to the locker, and they give you a four, five, six digit code for that return. You go in, you punch in that code. They say, "All right." We know who you are and we've opened door number 12 for you. Click, click a door opens. You go, you put your box in there and you shut it and you bail. You're done. You're Do you still need the
2: shipping and stuff in there or no.
1: They, they give you a special shipping, uh, label. It, it's still a shipping label, but it's, it's got some different barcodes and things on it for the, for the people at that locker. Then, Whoever's hired to do the locker, they just gather up all the boxes and then deliver it themselves. But if you have an Amazon locker near to you, you can also deliver to that. And that way, your box is in that locker. It is safe and sound. Amazon emails you when it's there. You go there after work. You get your box, and then you go home.
0: Yeah, We, we have three of those in Omaha, Mike, out of Midtown, Central. So 680 and the interstate and then up, up near your neck of the woods, right off, uh, right off the interstate. But I've never thought about using a locker. Hmm. Just try it once. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. And you can, the thing about the locker too, is you can go in there and get boxes, right? Same kind of thing. Hey, it's been delivered to the locker. Here's your code to get it. You go in and they put the box in the appropriate size locker to kind of maximize the space. Right. Right. And And then they give
1: you the secret squirrel code. Right. You put it in and then click. A door opens and you're like which door oh there it is you go and there's your there's your loot yeah although with
0: amazon and the returns i've been doing lately i um you know i they i they you you, uh, can print a a ups label right from them put it on in the second up the ups door and i have one of those just down the street here the second they check it in the refund is there
1: there. yeah yeah well you gotta you gotta say which one's quicker right yeah like my UPS store is probably, you know, it's in a Kroger parking lot, so right. you know I've got to fight traffic, I've got to fight parking. This locker thing, it's on the back of a store, you know, it right. you park right in front of it and in out done.
0: I have to check it out. I have to I'll have to go buy. Uh, maybe I'll head out to Uyghurs and and uh, yeah, sneak on the by way buy one of them. Take sneak a look by, at
1: it. sneak by a locker. And the my, other thing oh, for our, ahead, our post office guy, I want. I want to recommend a service to you. It's from USPS, and I've I've been doing this, and it's called Informed Delivery. You can go out to usps.gov, maybe it's a.com now, I don't know. But you can sign up for informed delivery. Now, this is not going to tell you when it hits your mailbox, but it's going to tell you what's coming to your mailbox for that day. So you get a little bit extra granular control of your mail. And you know, all the pieces of mail go through that, that system real fast and they take pictures of it and then they route it. Well, after you prove you are who you are and you own this house and your mail comes to this house, they will send you an email every morning with a picture of every letter that's going to show up in your mailbox that day. Wow! Plus any tracking for, um, uh, packages and you can click on those and say, Oh yeah, that's that thing i ordered right paid service or free this is free from usps from your yeah. from your federal government Jim. yeah yeah now, well not, not technically, to, technically but yeah <laughs> right. yeah you will have to answer uh some very detailed questions that only they have access to from your tax records like what was the last three digits of the cost of your home that you bought in 2012 you know, something like that. Something real crazy. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I hadn't heard of that. Um, Informed delivery. Yeah. No. And and do you sign up? You just go to their website and sign up for it? Yeah. Okay. It's really yeah. slick. No. Super cool. Well, there's, in this, you know, it's funny. Like, I thought by now I'd stop getting mail. Just to be honest, I thought, you know, like in in this day and age, like, who sends stuff via email? I still get plenty of snail mail. Like, I... Somebody's keeping the post office a lot. You know, somebody, <laughs> <laughs> Amazon. <Yeah. laughs>
2: well, I guess not anymore with the vans. No,
0: no. And I, Mike, are you seeing, I think Tony said he's seeing more uh, Amazon Prime vans. Are you seeing, you're seeing a ton of vans? We see a ton down here.
2: Buddy. I see a ton. In, and I would say 9 out of 10 packages now from Amazon are delivered from an Amazon van. And you can usually tell because you get that alert like, hey, you're 7 stops away. Mm-hmm. You can view the van on the map and then you get a picture of your package. So a, a ton out in this neck of the woods.
0: Mike, you recently and and Dave, you've been doing a lot of Wi-Fi on your show. So I'm going to throw this out to Mike first. But you've um, you you implemented some Wi-Fi for somebody else, which yeah. is the most dangerous thing you can do in the world. Like putting in hardware into somebody's house that you know they're going to call you when that stuff goes down. The the smallest little blip, the uh, the perceived this thing isn't going fast enough. My Wi-Fi doesn't work you know, they're going to call you. I'm just going to preface it with that. So you're, you're good with that. Talk a little bit about this implementation you put in and why. This was, this was a fun project. So uh, this was someone at
2: work came to me and they were moving into a new house and it's, it's a very large house. Very wide was an issue too. And, you know, a two story home with also a finished basement and just extremely wide. Uh, So Wi-Fi coverage was, was going to be interesting. And if, The conversation started, I mean, he wanted smart home, he wanted security cameras, he wanted network. He's like, I just want you to do everything. Just do it all. Wait a minute. Are you installing this for Dave McCabe? Is that (laughs) right? I felt no, there was, that wasn't that much pressure. Uh, so, so he, he wants the whole work. So I, you know, I put together a kind of little presentation for him, talked him through it. I said, you know, we're going to, let's do this in stages, right? Let's, let's get your network up and running. And then when you get into the house a little bit, we'll see how you use the house and we'll see what kind of smart stuff even makes sense. Uh, because in a house you haven't lived in yet, you're not going to know how you even use the house. And, and what you're going to need. So we started out with just network. So that's all we have up till now. And we looked at a few different options, but I think for the size of his house and what he wanted, and Jim, to your point, I knew he was going to, you know, he was going to be calling me if something went wrong. So I needed access. I needed stats, v- detailed stats. I needed everything. So Unify, Made a lot of sense for me because I already run a Unify controller here. Um, which thanks to uh I am Spartacus in the Discord group, found out I had actually installed a controller at this new home as well. But he informed me that you can actually switch that and run it off site. So thank you to him for that advice. Uh, but eventually ended up going with Unify. So we looked, we compared Unify to the Google Wi Fi mesh Wi Fi, we looked at Eero and we knew we were going to need some sort of mesh because with this size of home, there was just no way that one router was going to cut it. And even multiple access points mesh just made sense. And this home did not have a lot of hard wiring in it. So in the basement, there's actually pretty good hard wiring because of the way the, when they went in and ran the audio system, they actually ran some cat six throughout. So there's actually some decent wiring to tap into, but we knew that main floor and upper floor, no wiring. So we got an estimate on the wiring because we were going to put in security cameras. We said, okay, what, what would it cost for an Ethernet? And the cost was going to be pretty high. So, we're, okay, if we can avoid it, what, you know, what are some other options? So we looked at mesh. And thanks, to Mister Dave McCabe. Actually, I was doing some YouTubing and came across his review of the Unify new mesh units. The AC. Unit I did a little mesh.
1: tutorial on how to you mesh them.
2: Yeah, yeah, you did. So uh, I was like, Well, you know, I trust Dave McCabe and, and Dave, I think you said you liked them in there, uh, for, for what they were. And so I was able to see the size and everything. And and so what we did we, we ended up going full Unify. So I, I was like, if I'm gonna do unify though, I want the whole I want the whole ecosystem. With the exception of the switches, we did not need the switches just because he did he was not going to run hardwired cameras and we didn't need PoE. We didn't need smart switches. He doesn't do VLANs. He doesn't do anything like that. Just a very basic setup. So we did the USG, so the Unify USG, and then we went with three of the Unify AC mesh points After going in, we may need a fourth and a fifth. We don't know. I mean, three is good enough for now, uh, but there may be a fourth. We're we're testing it out with three to see what we're going to do. And I have to say the Unify setup is phenomenal. I have a Unify access point in my home, but that's all I have. I've never done anything more than just one access point. So I got it started. And, and uh, with the size of my home, one actually covers everything. I live in a ranch-style home and an unfinished basement. So uh, really n- no need for more than that. So setting up the whole system was really cool. I actually, when I first went out there, I loaded Unify Controller onto a Raspberry Pi. And I put the Pi in his house, and that was the controller that ran everything. And I started to... The planning process is really fun with Unify because when you get a controller, you can actually put the floor plan into the mapping section of the Unify Controller software. You give it... So all I did was went to the county assessor website pulled the floor plan from the address. You can get the floor plans for any of these. No, it doesn't have all the walls. And I had to draw in the walls real quick, but it takes two seconds in the Unify app to put in the walls. And you can start dropping these access points around. And it shows you a heat map of your coverage, especially with the walls. So you put in uh, all the walls, where they're at, and where you're thinking about putting these. And you'll start to see hot and cold spots on your map. So this was a great planning tool. I went and did this ahead of time and it helped me out trying to figure out where these access points, these mesh access points were going to go. And the great part about doing that in the Unify app is that Unify knows the power of their access points. It generally knows what kind of output you're going to get. And when you set the scale, it does do a pretty good job of telling you it's pretty realistic. I think it's actually pretty conservative on the the amount of spread you're going to get, where you're going to get good coverage. So that was my initial plan, went in there, uh, got the floor plan, put it in, and then actually went and did the install and Unify could just not be any easier to install. <laughs> I mean, you put these things in, these AC mesh points are great. They're these long, white, skinny tubes with two antennas on the top. They come out and uh, they have the little power bricks. You can either go POE or you can go to the power brick. So on all of them, I use the brick, even because the brick has LAN in as well. So even the ones that are hardwired, uh, you can you can still use the brick if you don't have a PoE router. And so I have two hardwired ones in the basement uh, as kind of the backbone. And then I have one up on the main level with uh, in kind of central. And that is the mesh point for everywhere else. And that one runs truly mesh. It, it, it's wireless. So its backbone is a wired connection. And Got it all up and running. Uh, you know The install didn't take very long at all. And now my favorite part about all this, though, and like I said, thanks to I Am Spartacus, I have since moved the controller from the Raspberry Pi that's in his home to my Unraid box where my Unify controller sits. The statistics and everything, I can manage his entire network remotely. And he can call me and he says... Hey, uh, and he actually, he mentioned this the last time I was over. He said, hey, the Apple TV is telling me sometimes my speeds are too low for the 4K content we're watching. And I was like, okay, well, let me look. And I can pull it up. I can look at the device. I can look at the history. I can see the Wi-Fi strength of that specific device. I can see all the detail that I need to see remotely. And I can you know, tell him, okay, well, this is maybe, let me try and change some settings here if it's something like that. Or, okay, we might have to move it. Maybe we'll move that mesh point. So right now we're kind of in the testing mode where I'm letting him live with it for two weeks and him tell me where he's experiencing dead zones and or, or speed reduction. But overall, the implementation was really cool. The side note to this was, since he wanted me to do everything, this home was built... Um, I believe in the very early 2000s or late 1990s. And what they had done, like I said, very nice home. So for the entertainment system, they have these devices. And I'm sure you guys have used seen these in the past. RTI is the brand. And what it is, it's a controller that connects to your network. And then it has a, essentially a bunch of IR blaster ports on it. So that it's a controller where you connect via an iPad app to this RTI and then you can, and you can create these dashboards via this computer software and you tie them into each port so that you have an iPad interface where you're saying, okay, turn on the audio system and it's it through IR blasting. It sends those signals out to everything. Now, obviously nowadays a lot of that's antiquated. We don't really need it anymore because a lot of our devices are connected and we're not using 10 different inputs. We're using one. Um, But they had used one of those RTIs for their whole home audio. So they had speakers in every single room of the house uh, and it all ran down into this one central RTI unit and then a receiver box. And then (laughs) since then, uh, since they had installed that, they had also installed a Sonos Connect so that they could get Sonos wired into the system. So it was almost they took a system that was probably installed maybe right around the time the house was built. And then they realized, man, Sonos gives us a great interface into this. So they added that on top. But getting into that entire system, it was kind of a hodgepodge, interesting experience to go back and piecemeal what someone else has done. So it was a very interesting project. I thought I was starting from scratch, right? New house, new system, get it all going. But uh, the way that they had everything wired in, you ha- we had to, unless we wanted to go out and get all new units for downstairs. We had to figure out how to do this. We actually ended up having to call the old guy, uh, the old owner of the house. And we said, who'd you use to set this up? And he gave us the name of the guy. We called him. He came over. The guy luckily still after all these years had the old config file for the iPad app. And the license was still active uh, for the account. And he said, okay, you guys got an iPad? And, I'm, and my, the guy I'm helping was like, uh, yeah, here. He's like, okay, boom, blasted all the previous uh, config onto it, the screen within, within minutes, we were set up with the old config. So now that they could use the whole home audio with their Sonos account, and, and it worked really well. And the actual, these RTI devices, I don't know how old this one is, but I mean, is he awesome? setup. Very cool. The way that the iPad app integrates it with it. Like I said, pretty antiquated. I think nowadays, if you had, if you were starting from scratch, we would have gone with like six different Sonos connects, right? So you would have each room essentially would get its own Sonos connect and you would just tell uh, Sonos which connect you want to To send the music to, I think that's nowadays that would probably even, that would probably still be cheaper than this system was back in the day. It was a very complicated system. Uh, I should take it. I think I do have some pictures. Maybe I can, I can post out
0: there for the people that want to see it. It it was pretty interesting. Um, Um, This is Dave. This is your bread and butter as just Mike was talking about. Like you've done a lot of this. You've talked a lot of this in
1: there. Anything you'd add? Uh, no, he's absolutely correct on the Unify network. Uh, no, but his first mistake was doing it for a friend. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's a nightmare. And even worse, he's the
2: executive vice president of our company. So he really does control my fate.
1: um, That is your Wi-Fi system now. It Um, it
2: truly is. And honestly, I'm monitoring that. I, it's like my new Facebook. Instead of checking Facebook, I switch over and I check his network.
1: I've got mine right here. I have a full screen in front of me. I have my unify network on this side <laughs> and over here I've got my cameras and then my main desktop in front of me.
2: That's usually and, me too. I've got Unraid or no, so I've got security cameras up in this corner. I've got Unraid in one window and I've got Unify in the other.
1: <laughs> I um I was <laughs> telling yikes. my I was telling my listeners on Reset FM, uh, I don't know, a few episodes ago. So, they have an equally powerful app. So, um you can jump on the app, jump on your Unify network or your buddies, and you can list all the controllers out there. And I was doing that, and I was looking through all of my um, – so it's got this real cool dashboard, and you can jump oh, yeah. into all your clients. And I was I was looking through there, and I was like, you know what? My uh, 10-year-old's iPad is connected to the upstairs access point. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. So I thought, well, let me see what frequency he's connected at. Because sometimes an iPad can, you know, grab an access point and never let go, right? No matter even if he's on the bus, it's still trying to talk to it. Um, But I was like, wow, he's on uh, 5G and he's got a pretty good signal going there. He's supposed to be in bed. I better go see where this (laughs) iPad is. I go and I don't knock or anything. I just open the door and all I see is that familiar glow on his face, you know, of the iPad. Yeah. But then I was like, let me have it. He just hands it over. I said, see you in the morning. (laughs) So it is, it gives you so much control it does
2: and you know i don't know dave it took me actually so this is the first time i'd ever used the mapping feature cuz in my home like i mm-hmm. said i have one and it was very obvious where i needed to put that in my home um so i this was the first time i'd used it they hide something in the map section so if you go to the map tab you can actually switch from maps to topology mm-hmm. and i don't know that is an amazing view where if you have multiple access points it's a graphical way of showing what each device is connected to Um, actually I I think I can can show the screen there's nothing well there's some MAC addresses here never mind I won't show it Um, but yeah just very cool it shows you okay here's your USG it's connected to these three access points and then it branches off from there what devices are connected gives you a very easy way of showing um, what's connected to what and what it's even great for is for meshing you can tell how the mesh points are connected back to the gateway so okay, hey, that living room one, is that connecting to the to the south basement AP or the north basement AT AP? And it gives you that topology. I mean, Unify could not be simpler to use, uh more powerful. I mean, I think I I can't say for enterprise, but well, for the you home have to be careful
1: is- there, Mike, because it's it's not as simple as an Eero Linksys uh and you know, it's not as simple as those. But You don't think so? to no to your to your brain and your mind it is very top down it's like all right i've got to do this 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 and this and i've got it done you know the other the other access points are like get your phone out connect it and then jump on the wi-fi you're done congratulations true. you know they give you this big hi-fi in the app like That's true. you're done yay go make you know s'mores and kumbaya and unify <laughs> is not that it is it is networking equipment, right? Very and true. You do have to make some extra clicks. You you do have to go in and and tell it if you want it to be a mesh. You got to go tell it to be a mesh. So have
2: you um have you done an implementation or an install? I guess using just the app because I know that's possible, but I've never done it because I know you, you don't need a controller if you just you want. Can to it, you it's up, you only can on?
1: I think it's only on the access that certain access point. I don't. I I okay. You can't do a full network setup just
2: on the app. Okay.
1: They're trying. I mean, this is a company that is trying to be more consumer focused, and you will soon see they've got a new piece of gear called the Unified Dream Machine, and it is an all-in-one. It actually looks like an Apple. uh, What's that HomePod thing that they've got? it looks like that and it's got everything built into it you know voice commands wi-fi everything and they're trying but this gear is still i it's still almost business i mean anything that mounts in the ceiling is not home gear not everybody can do that
0: kind of enterprise focused right
1: Yeah. yeah and i I really don't want to say enterprise and scare people because right, you right. can put this in your house. Right. I've got all these access points in my house and not a single one of them is mounted in the ceiling. So and the You don't one have that any m- mounts to the ceiling? Zero. None. Okay. I was saying on my uh podcast, I was like, How am I gonna get this ceiling mount device? <laughs> you know. So it's on I have this main like bookcase area in my uh great room. And I found a clear plastic box from uh, from one of those foofy stores, right?
0: Didn't you say it was like, wasn't it like a CD?
1: Yeah.
0: And like it was shaped like a CD you carrier. Know when you buy a spindle of yeah, DVDs yeah. and it right, comes with right. that
1: clear plastic covering, and you twist it. So I turned that upside down and I have the access point sitting in that because it's concave. And so it kind of. You can't see the clear plastic from the other room. Right. You just see the access point there floating, yeah. and that's just to to get it off the wood so it right. has, you know, space to spread its wings and propagate the signal. Yeah. But the access point that Mike is talking about is that's an eighty dollar access point. And it oh, comes I was
2: going to talk about the price. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, go for it. It comes
1: with two omnidirectional antennas. Bend them down, and that thing has got crazy range. Now, the cool thing is, is you can invest a little bit more and you can put on a flat panel on that device and it'll click to it, put a flat panel on it, and you can use it for a point-to-point. Say you've got an outbuilding somewhere, you can use it as a point-to-point. It's amazing, amazing gear. Now, that, that piece of gear itself, you can designate as a mesh. And what is really cool is I've got this pool house, right? And it's got um, uh, a cat six run from my house and I've got a switch out there. But this winter was crazy. And so sometimes it knocked that switch or that cat five run offline. I don't know why, but I think it was actually the switch. So whenever that switch would go offline, this access point would mesh in to the next one it could see. And I would never lose connectivity out to my ring uh, spotlights. So it's very, very powerful gear. And that's an $80 access point.
2: That's what got me is I was looking at some of the bigger items. And sometimes these little ones actually are way better for these homes uh, because those bigger ones are good. But I mean, you can get almost two or three of these for the price of one of their uh, larger access points. And they, like you said, the range is just insane on these things. Yeah.
1: And if I if I'm correct, that's it's 80211 AC. I believe that's a two by two. Uh, it is mobile,
2: only two by two. Moo right. Mimo,
1: yep. however you want to pronounce yep. it. But you say just, but at least it is. There's a lot of devices getting put in houses that aren't. Right. It's just they talk to one device at a time. You know. So and this yeah, it's it's a fantastic system, and the uh, the software is free. And you can run that software. You can run it in the cloud. You can run it on Google's cloud. You can run it on a Synology access point. You can run it in a Docker container. You can run it on Windows. You can run it on Mac. You can run it on uh, Raspberry Pi. There's yep. no shortage of places that you can run that. And the cool thing is, is you get app access via what I showed you, but you also get highly granular access on. PC level, like via a browser, you go into uh, uh, your web your web browser and you connect to it, and you can set up all these different parameters and do all of these different things. There was a, a specific instance that I shared on reset. Um, you guys know the first generation wise, actually all the wise cameras, those lovely twenty dollar little cameras. Uh, one of the bugs in those cameras is they will not connect to a mesh network. They see multiple SSIDs and they 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 shut down. They say no. Well, I decided, well, I can fix this via Unify. Let me figure out how. Well, I figured out that I could add a brand new SSID just for this camera. And I could broadcast that SSID out of only one access point. And I could also set the power of that radio on that access point which like Mike, you were talking about, you can set it to auto and it really figures out how it will balance the power. But you can also go in there and you can, you can turn down the power of radios and to you know, medium or low and you can actually experience your network improve because you're not having all of this yelling going on, right? Right. And so now my one little wise camera and a troublesome ring doorbell all talk to this one SSID off of an access point, only one access point, they will not jump around. So if you have that problem device that you log in, you're like, why is that camera not working? You log in, you check your access point. It's like, wow, it's connected to the farthest access point away. Well, that's the first one it saw, right? It just happened to catch a packet. Oh, there's that SSID. I'll jump on it. But, that's not the one you want. So you can shape and say, no, you're going to connect right here and only to this SISOD ID. And it's a beautiful thing. And I'll tell you that I have had this, how long have I had this for? I got it right after uh, CES because I went to Vegas and I thought I'm going to find the next miracle Wi-Fi system. And I went out there I found one that I was interested in, just one. And I came back and I said, no, that's it. I boxed up all of my Eros. I had eight, seven or eight euros, all around my house, boxed them up and sold them and invested in this uh, Ubiquiti Unify network. And I couldn't be happier. Wow. Mike, would you do it again? 100%.
2: It's, it, I mean, I want to do it at my house. So,
1: uh, oh, I thought you had it at your house. Oh, no, nope, you, you have the one. You have I have the one the one. This point,
2: Yeah. I have yeah. one, uh, a AC, uh, AC pro.
1: That's AC I pro. Have. And that's yep. the, that's the granddaddy ceiling mount, uh, 802.11 AC four by four. It is four by four. And you were saying earlier, this guy's moving into a new house and you don't know a new house until you get into it. Yep. You don't know connectivity until you're in your your manly throne room, you know, playing Clash of Clans, and you're disconnected from a a battle, and you lose. You don't know until something like that happens, right? Right. You have you do have to experience it, and um, it, it's it's phenomenal. It, no, it's just a phenomenal system.
0: That's super cool. I think. Dave, you've been on reset. You've been talking a ton about all these different, and I, now lately, this idea of mesh has become a way more popular. Like, the average guy is starting to get mesh. Three years ago, like what? What is that? I don't understand. I, today, I um, when when I talk to you know, kind of the average guy, and and they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to set up a mesh network in my house or whatever to get, especially in the bigger square foot areas, right? If you got a, if you got a big home. And so I've kind of followed you along on this. I'm I'm in a pretty small place here, and so we can get by with just kind of one access point. Mike, you're you have a little more square footage. You're you're going to probably be in a point where you might want to blow that out, right? Are you thinking you might pick up a couple extenders for that? These little units, I eighty dollars, right? Uh, I mean, right, if right. I
2: got one of those or two of those and put one in my, over near the bedroom and one down the basement, yeah, uh, totally. I mean. Three, we were just, they asked what the square footage was. So uh, 7,800 square feet and three of them covered it. Wow. That, wow. I mean, that's the range. And that's two of those being on one floor. That means one is covering pretty much like twenty-eight, twenty-nine hundred 2,900 square feet on its own Yeah. Um, and no issues. So I guess sometimes they are connecting to the basement ones because the floor, right. I mean,
0: they can go right through the basement. Right, but- right. For Dave sure. is that is that your recommendation too if someone's putting in mesh ubiquity you get you okay. going with unify
1: well we have to be really careful i mean yeah. we have to be really careful when we recommend this product because i do feel like it has more setup than just bluetoothing in with your phone right and these guys if you go out to their site they they do call it unify mesh but when you open up their software and the controller software it is not all about like mesh and like I like I said the Eero and the other guys Kumbaya we're gonna talk to this one make sure you said it so we can talk to this one and it's not gonna hold your hand and and just say mesh every other keyword. These are access points that work together and their system will set it up to either raise the power or lower the power right and then you can do things around that to make it more friendly to your house like i did with my troublesome ring doorbell so i mean i i want to tread carefully for those folks considering it if you're not if you're not superbly network aware because you can get in there and you can buy their router right Well, their router is about 80% command line, 20% GUI. So you got to be careful. And then you get into POE and then you get into different levels of POE. Now, most of them come with a brick. But if people are powering with the brick all over their house, it could be unwieldy. It could be ugly. And it is definitely not backed up power unless you're plugging it into a UPS at every different, you know, station in your house. So you, you do have to be careful. Well, some
0: good things to think about, Mike. Thanks for that overview on that as we kind of, kind of bring this in for a landing on a long show. You know, when we do these things, we, yeah, I know. Well, it's, it's been an hour 20, Dave. Let's go some more. (laughs) Well, we will do some more in the post-show. Uh, we're going to catch up with Dave a little bit a uh, year ago or so. We had Dave on. We talked a little bit about crypto. John Biggs sent me a note. He's like, well, I guess it's time that the crypto shows end because, Mike, you and I did, I don't know, 15 minutes of crypto last week. And I think we made up half of it. <laughs> like, yeah. <right. laughs> you know, it was kind of like, well, what's there to talk about? But tonight, Dave's, Dave completely burned down his crypto. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and why and get that story from him. So that'll make the post, the post-show crypto stuff that we'll do. So, Dave, don't, uh, don't run anywhere. We're getting, we got some crypto um, to do with you. But, Dave, thanks for coming on tonight. It's always, always great to have you on here. Um, thanks for a couple times a year you say yes uh, to, to jumping over here. I know it takes a little bit of time to get that done, but thanks for, uh thanks for coming. You're, you're, if you haven't subscribed, reset.fm is the way to do it. Get it, just, just go listen to it. You're going to want to subscribe to it it's every 3 weeks or so i think is what dave said and he's right it's about every 3 I weeks i
1: try to do it every two but sometimes yeah. it comes out yeah, three or it's four it's
0: good yeah. it's good it shows up those weeks i always it, it it um i see it in my feed and i save it for the weekend and it's when i'm driving around on the weekend you're kind of you're in the car with me and uh, always good to, that's kind of when i'm working on projects you always reset is always about you know, you've been covering a lot on the mesh, but you've also been talking a lot about home automation and the ring doorbells and all, all these things that you're doing with it. And I think uh, super helpful, especially when you're working on the weekend, super expensive if you're not careful. <laughs> so <laughs> right. let me give you a warning about reset. So if you're going to don't, don't listen to that unless you're thinking you might um, you might spend some money. So yeah, that's, it's
1: all good. We just yeah.
0: we make sure you spend the right money and put right. it in the right spot. Right. Right. No, some good stuff. So good. Mike, thanks for sharing that story. Anything else, Mike, before we before I wrap it?
2: No. Uh, next phase is just going to be, at some point, we're going to do security cameras. The only issue is We're trying to decide, do you go full wireless, which is not what I like to do. Uh, Preferably, we would go unify. So then we got to figure out, okay, are we going to run some hardwire, those sort of considerations. And then uh, the next thing will be smart home. They have a bunch of Alexa devices. So for right now, they're okay. Uh, Sorry, I just activated everyone's home devices as mine (laughs) goes off in the corner. Uh, So that'll be the next step. And then talking about lighting It'll be interesting though, Jim, when it comes to the lights, I, in my home, since I've been doing this for so long, back in the day, we just started out with the, uh, Phillips Hue. So I have stuck with Phillips Hue bulbs, but in his house, I think we're going to do a lot more of the switches, the smart wall switches. So actually yeah. be able to control full chandeliers and the kitchen lighting all through the wall switches. So we're going to do some testing, read through some reviews and see which ones work the best
0: awesome for guys like Jeff if you're just joining the community we've talked about reset.fm if you want to go get subscribed to that also uh, we mentioned a lot on home automation you might want to listen to to Richard Richard Gunther over there at Home on and Richard and Josh do entertainment 2.0 which has been they they focus primarily on entertainment stuff, but they've been talking a lot of gaming and some home automation in there as well. It's all kind of blending together. We have trouble kind of keeping all those things separate from each other. Dave, it's been really fun tonight as Mike's been talking about these things to watch the expression on your face as like, yes, I have done this <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I know I've listened to you for a lot of years and it's just fun to watch that uh, in your eyes is like, oh my gosh, I've been
1: through that it's a it's. It's a fun, I don't, I don't want to say job, but it's fun to be able to be in this position where folks will send you gear and you can put it in your house and, uh, and try it out. It's great. And then you buy the stuff you want to buy. And some, you know, sometimes I get frustrated and I can't get a piece of gear sent to me and I'll just buy it. And, uh, (laughs) you know, that's just, that's just what we do. That's what we
0: do. No, it's what we do indeed. Well, a couple of reminders. Don't forget, if you're listening to the live show, don't go anywhere. If you got a few minutes, we're going to hear how Dave burned down his
1: crypto. And that's going I'm to be- gonna blow your mind. It's going to be super do awesome. You not want to go anywhere. Yeah.
0: It has nothing to do with crypto. It's going to be, I mean, it does because it's crypto, but it's not what you think. So stay around for that if you're listening live. If you're listening to the recorded version of this and you're like, where do I get this crypto goodness? Again, this is just going to be a great story from Dave. So you want to head out to TheAverageGuy.tv slash Patreon. It's free and available for you out there. You can support us out there if you want. You don't have to. We just make it available to you. We have $1 in $5 plans. Thanks to those that do support us. That helps kind of pay the bills on the the app and some some review stuff that we do here and buy hard drives for some of the stuff that we do. So appreciate you guys that are supporting us. Again, TheAverageGuy.tv slash Patreon gets you there as well. Don't forget to join the Discord group, TheAverageGuy.tv slash Discord. You want to send me an email? Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. I always love your email. So send them to me. Jeff, thank you. Tonight, he came out and joined us. Maybe first time, not, not maybe, first time listener on the live show. And if you haven't joined us for a live show, maybe you should do that. Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. TheAverageGuy.tv slash live. We'd love to have you. We got, I don't know, 15, maybe 10, 15 guys um, and gals. Emily joined us tonight. I saw her jump in there. So, Emily, thank you for taking the time. Oh, we're obviously keeping you occupied while you're doing something. And so, Emily, thanks for jumping in. We'd love to have you join us live. Don't forget, the AverageGuy.tv platform, both web and media hosting, powered by Maple Grove Partners, Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. You know that's Christian. And uh, he's doing some great work out of Buffalo there, and uh, we appreciate his support of the show. His plans, hosting, and everything start as little as 10 bucks a month. So if you're thinking about doing some kind of setup, he is podcasting and WordPress expert, like secure lockdown. There's nobody locked down more than Christian. So head out to maplegrovepartners.com, let him know, and he can get that set up for you. Don't forget to get the app downloaded, the theaverageguy.tv. No, no, homegadgetgeeks.com is what you want to go there. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at the theaverageguy.tv live. Stay around for some post-show crypto. Again, can't wait to hear the story from Dave burning down his crypto rigs. With that, we'll say goodnight, everybody.